of the Turbo Team Podcast with Jake Brand. Don't you go anywhere near that! Ben Neeson. Like just being caught metaphorically with your pants down. And Alex Powell. Do you know I saw those cute one time? Tommy Gun. Reviewing and breaking down movies and TV shows from all genres. This is the Turbo Team Podcast. Hello and welcome back to week seven of the Turbo Team Podcast. I'm Jake Brend, and you can hear us now on Spotify starting last week. This is last our second week. week on Spotify. But yeah, it is. if you're a first-time listener, uh, <laughs> welcome. Reviewing movies and TV. This week we're going to be, or this week we watched the interview, and I'm joined by the usuals, Ben Neeson and Alex Powell. How are you guys doing? Doing well, Jake. How are you? Doing just fine. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing fine too. My week was ruined a little bit by this movie. <laughs> okay. I would, agree, I would agree with that. Just the weather kidding. and the movie just didn't make for a great day. Just kidding. The movie wasn't that bad, but later on in the show, we're going to get to our top five comedies and then some of our least favorite comedies. I think without getting into too much of the show, this movie kind of falls somewhere in the middle. But anyways, welcome to the welcome to the first comedy episode of the of the Turbo Team podcast. We've only reviewed like serious stuff up until this point. Yeah, so we've watched a movie about Catholic priests getting arrested for molestation of young children, a slavery movie, a movie about the mob. So this week we're going to be naturally watching a movie about James Franco and Seth Rogen going overseas to interview Kim Jong Un and <laughs> try to assassinate him. So equally as serious, but it's not treated like that in the movie, which is whatever. But before we get into that, Ben, I know you saw this back in like sixth grade. What was your <laughs> what was the what was your reaction the first time you ever saw this movie? Uh, the reaction the first time I saw it was well beyond the fact that I was a middle schooler and I thought Family Guy was funny. Uh, but I think that. <laughs> A lot of the humor just came <laughs> from the hype and the notoriety behind the movie that, ooh, this is a super dangerous movie. It's getting banned in North Korea, and they're threatening the United States, the country, over just this one film that's being made. And that's where a lot of the exposure and the humor would come from. But honestly, beyond those two things and the fact that they made jokes that Kim Jong-un doesn't poop or piss... Uh, I think that was all I really remembered. That's real, though. They're like, his people genuinely believe that he doesn't, like, peer poop. Well, then, that's accurate. <laughs> that was the first time I heard about it. Yeah. Speaking of which, this is kind of a current event. Kim Jong-un recently had a scare of death with some sort of brain surgery. We have no idea... Like, I heard the whole if thing North Korea is telling the truth or not, but nonetheless, like I, in the in the news recently, apparently Kim Jong Un was in a coma or declared brain dead or nearly brain dead, but who yeah. knows if that's actually true or not? So, somewhat current event, somewhat current news. Mm-hmm. Glad you're keeping us updated, Jake. <laughs> Welcome to the Political Turbo Team Podcast. <laughs> yeah, next week we'll be having on. Uh, Drake University student representative Matt Dykey. 
<laughs> to talk about his student government policies. <laughs> if, if you wanna, if you wanna listen to pod to politics, it's not the podcast for you. That is probably the only political reference we'll ever have on this show. Yeah. <laughs> so, Alex, you've never seen this movie, correct? Uh, I watched it one time a couple years ago, but it was like right I was right like I turned it on right before bed and I just like fell asleep to it like after 20 minutes. It's fair. Yeah. I think this is my first time watching it. I might have had like the same experience because somehow I oddly just remembered the Katy Perry joke, and I don't know mm-hmm. if that was from like the trailer from some video I've seen, but I knew that joke was coming. So I don't know if maybe I've seen like. Maybe I've been smart. The movie was playing, and I just wasn't paying attention. But yeah, I, I, I really had no idea what was gonna happen. So, I will say, while it is a James Franco, Seth Rogen movie, where like all of their movies together, it's the same thing. You know, usually like you know they they smoke pot. You know, they're one of they're bo- James Franco's always dumb. Seth Rogen's always kind of a loser, and you know it's the same plot. But I I don't know. They they mix it up a bit here in a way where. I, I think this is is looked like the cinematography was pretty good, honestly. Like the coloring was nice. Like there's a few like really, really nice shots. Like they're, uh when they're on the boat and there's like mountains in the yeah. background, it's like a sunset. Like that shot was really nice. So I think this is probably their best looking movie as far as the comedy goes. I I mean it leaves some to be desired. I will say though that the opening like a uh, bit where uh, he's interviewing Marshall uh, Eminem and Eminem's like, well, I'm gay. And they're like, wait, did Eminem just say he's gay? And then his publicist runs in. And he's like, cut that, cut the interview. And Seth Rogen like tackles him. I, that, that part was really funny. I thought this is like Spike Lee saying he's white. That, that, <laughs> that was a good quote is the, I think, I think that was the funniest quote in the entire movie. That's the one that I, <laughs> that really made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Under the section of what I liked about the movie, I had the Eminem interview. Because that was, like, the first, like, two or three minutes. That was honestly probably my favorite part of the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Whoa. He's but, just like, I thought, where Eminem was just like, I thought I was leaving you guys hints was pretty obvious, and no one just caught on. Breadcrumb trail and gayness. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the original interview was because he sat Eminem down because people thought Eminem was, like, hated the elderly <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like they like made up fake lyrics like and the lyrics were actually pretty good <laughs> it's like it's like him saying he's gonna like kill an old lady if she didn't drive faster or something like that <laughs> yeah as as we all think we've all been there <laughs> but yeah alex i i agree with you in the cinematography especially like the last half of the movie it was like surprisingly good like the I action was the action was really good too. The ending scene where they shoot the tank at the helicopter and like it when like right when the the I don't know what you call it, like the it's not a bullet but like the rocket or whatever from the, the tank missile. hits the helicopter. Yeah, the missile and it like it's like exploding. Like that part was like I was like watching it was like why does this look so good? Like this is a Seth Rogen James Franco movie. Like why does this look like really really well done? Yeah, so you watch, like, Pineapple Express, like, the last half of that movie, and, like, the action is just, like, so cheesy, and the cinematography is so just, like, so basic, and then, like, this movie, it's just, it's just, like, weird how it's up to par with, like, a lot of movies that came out that year, and I'm not Mm -hmm. saying, like, it, it's this, like, magically shot movie, but as far as, like, comedies go from, like, that era of comedies, like, with the 
with The Rock and Kevin Hart and whatever came out back then, it, it looked surprisingly well. So I'll give them that. Well, uh, I kind of have to disagree with you on that point. Um, the, <laughs> the formula between Pineapple Express, for example, and uh, the interview is really similar, just with a large over-the-top gunfight that they should not be able to get out of, but they were <laughs> able to just by like fumbling around and like making quips all the way through it. And the only differences between the two, I just think, are the grand scale between a giant North Korean palace versus a barn in a cornfield. I think Mm -hmm. that I admit that that did look more visually pleasing. Lots of the shots and the set design did. But that's basically, that's purely just because of the story, not necessarily the talent behind the camera. I mean, honestly, like, if you could, like, you could just throw in, like, an eighth grader with an iPhone and they could take some pretty cool shots out there, too. Not just my personal opinion on it. That's fair. I do agree with you as far as, like, the stakes go. Like, they're pretty much the exact same thing. And this has kind of always been my gripe with comedies. Like, there's a lot of comedy movies that I'll find really funny for, like, the first three-fourths of it. But then the last, like... The last quarter of it will just be this overdramatic, violent gunfight that like does not need to happen. And yeah, I thought I thought Paul Blart and like Grown Ups were like really funny for the fun for like the longest time. I still kind of like Grown Ups, <laughs> but like Paul Blart is just like terrible. And I thought it was like the funniest thing. Oh yeah, for, like, same. I remember. All right, off track. I remember when I saw Paul Blart Mall Cop on opening night, and it was so full. <laughs> <laughs> that my that my dad had to like stand up like it was standing room only by the time we got there like what was wrong with our country at that time the only movie like, why we're to, where that's happened has been like the force awakens yeah <laughs> like, why were so many people lined up to go to see Paul mall cop my first like real date with a girl ever was in eighth grade, and I took her to see Paul Blart Mall Cop Two <laughs> in theaters. It was like the first week it is out too. <laughs> That's less excusable oh. because when I saw Mall Cop, I was like, that movie probably came out when we were like eight or nine. Yeah, I was like we were in eighth grade, <laughs> fourteen, fifteen. I should at least know better by then. Thank you, Kevin James. Oh. So back yeah. on the movie, we kind of talked about what we like. We kind of talked about what we liked. What what did you guys not like? Because like personally, just listening to our conversation right now, it kind of sounded like we liked it a bit, just the way we were kind of laughing at the, some of the jokes. Okay, yeah, but that's like looking at hindsight, and when you think that's, of like a handful of like jokes or things that you did like. But for me personally, like watching the movie, it was just tired bit after tired bit. That kept mm. going until at least one or a couple hit. And honestly, a lot of the hits just came from me laughing at James Franco's face. Just because he's <laughs> a very physical like actor and is able to present himself in a humorous way just by looking or making different facial expressions. And that's mm. honestly where some of the biggest laughs came from me, which is kind of indicative of how I felt about the rest of the writing in the film as it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like if this was the first Seth Rogen, James Franco movie I've ever seen, like, I might find it funnier. But because I've already seen, like, four or five already in my life, it just feels like I'm watching it recycled 
and then they mm-hmm. they uncrumble the piece of paper and then recycle it again and it just it just gets more and more dry and i don't really i mean there were there were jokes that i found funny in this movie like the m&m scene in particular and even some of the stuff with kim jong-un but overall like the jokes just didn't hit like they do in pineapple express or even this is the end i just as far as the comedy goes it's pretty mediocre to below average for a seth rogan film it's just their characters doing their usual shtick like that's what i have down yeah yeah that that, that's what i was saying is like for some reason like like I'm not a anti Seth Rogen guy. I like Seth Rogen's movies. Like this is the end's hilarious. Uh, th- watching this is the end with you guys at the cabin last summer was like one of my favorite memories ever because we all were just <laughs> laughing so hard at it. And I don't know if the movie was genuinely that funny or if it was just kind of the we were all having a good time. But this is the end's hilarious. And then obviously Pineapple Express is funny. Super Bad's funny. But for some reason, like those movies seemed like all the jokes were like meticulously planned out, and they had like they like like they were flowing. None of them seemed forced. While the interview seemed like they were just throwing a ton of stuff at the wall and just hoping like what would like some would stick, and some like, did stick. Like like you said, I think James Franco was James Franco being in this movie kind of made it a little more bearable because of he's such like you said a, a physical actor with his facial expressions and actions and stuff and so but there's just times where i'm just like can we can we get on with the movie man like okay we get it like you know seth rogan's kind of a a loser you know and and james franco's stupid but let's just let's just let's keep the story going i want to i want to finish this you know so i just think i just think the writing i just don't think the writing was as strong as some past franco uh franco rogan movies and i just i don't know like watching seth rogan like his newer movies seem to be getting like worse like the more like his you know, older movies are hilarious and i don't know if it's just because of the time i watched them like i said before but right now like his movies like this last one that came out i think it was like the campaign and not the campaign i don't know it's the one with uh, the uh no, no that's not it the candidate i don't know it's like he's like a political He's like a writer and he's like a loser and he went to high school with this president presidential candidate and she's like, Well, I want you to like write my speeches and stuff. He's like, Oh, okay. Long shot. I watched that Yeah, long shot. That's what it was. That movie was awful. Like the jokes weren't funny. It was just the same old jokes. And then this movie, like Seth Rogan's like his jokes like there's a couple of like the tiger scene was funny where he's like he's like, should I fight the tiger? And they're like, No, don't fight the tiger and then like that was kind of funny. But I don't know. That just seems like Seth Rogan's movies are just getting weaker and weaker the more he makes them. And I, I don't know. I think this this just adds on. I think this was kind of I think this was kind of like the downfall for his for his career so far. Not saying that he can't like have another rise again, but right now I just feel like his movies have been super weak lately. Yeah, going off of the writing, one thing I had as a positive was I liked the idea of the story. Oh like, yeah, the idea is really good. Like going, <laughs> being an interviewer and going to north korea to interview kim jong-un because he likes you like that's an awesome story idea but just the execution of it like you would think with such an original idea and such an original story like you'd be able to make like a very original movie and even though it did feel like an original movie in some senses i think the repetitiveness of jokes that we've already heard before and the repetitive character seth rogan especially i think franco played a like a bit of a different character than we're used to, but Seth Rogen mm-hmm. like still played himself that he has in pretty much every movie ever. 
So I think if, as far as writing goes, if they would have found a way to have Rogan play just like a totally different character, the movie might be a little more bearable and the jokes might be able to be a little more fleshed out and hit more. Because honestly, the story itself wasn't bad, but Mm -hmm. the writing to make like the story make sense and to make the story intertwine with the jokes that are in it, it just, it, it made me leave the movie like lacking something. I had a, I had a problem along with that, which was just that like a lot of the jokes and a lot of the way that they tried to write in laughs was just purely with pop culture references, like mm-hmm. the whole Lord of the Rings references throughout the entire movie. Yeah, that was so stupid. Where he doesn't yeah, quote it, and then he gets his fingers bit off at the end. Yeah. Uh, that was just like continuation of like different jokes that they'd have, or the very obvious times where they probably just came up with a lot of those jokes just by riffing on set. And you can mm-hmm. obviously tell that it's just them going back and forth. And, like, not having any concrete jokes written, just riffing on set and throwing that into the movie. And also how, like, they just fill in some of the time with just random uh, montages or with musical cues. Like, just Mm -hmm. 50-second, like, little music videos just to throw in between as transitioning points. Like the whole whole Katy Perry part where Kim Jong-un and James Franco's character are in in the tank and they're, like, shooting stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually did. One of the main parts towards the end that I liked was actually Franco's interview with Kim Jong-un. I thought that mm-hmm. was... Even though the jokes throughout the movie weren't written well, they still, like, in that interview, kind of tied them all up together to make for, like, a decent ending. It wasn't, mm-hmm. like, a part that I loved by any means, but, like, the three-minute interview itself, like, I didn't hate which I guess is kind of all you really need in a movie like this. Back on the back on the writing for a bit. My least fit the one part of this whole movie that I absolutely didn't like was the the storyline of James Franco and Kim Jong Un's friendship. And I didn't like it because it seemed like like James like they got along really well and obviously it's like it was kind of predictable like Franco's like oh I don't want to kill him he's a cool dude and then like Kim Jong Un chose he's not really a cool dude but then like they kind of become friends again and stuff and like it just felt like a lot of back and forth it's like dude are they friends or they're not friends I mean, like, let's make up our mind here you know yeah I think it also I know that it probably wasn't thought through this much but Starlack is. Obviously, he has his own TV show, and he's this premier journalist, premier interviewer. And it just doesn't make sense to me that someone that of that stature and that popularity would be dumb enough to, like, believe Kim Jong-un's manipulation. That was pretty obvious. Yeah. I just – that's another thing that can go with the writing where there's ways to make Franco not want to kill Kim Jong-un – and I think that they went the totally wrong direction with it because, mm-hmm. I mean, it just doesn't really add up story-wise to have this premier journalist not know that Kim Jong-un's going to try and manipulate him. Yeah. Well, I think that that just goes back to the like tired formula that they've been using, which is Franco being the ignorant stoner or just like dork like not dorky but just sort of schlubby idiot 
and then Rogan just being like a total like schlubby guy who like his joke is that he's fat and that he's lazy, that he's unattractive, and like that he, that's pretty much a stick. That is a funny laugh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Overall, this like this movie feels just like a Family Guy episode where it'll get you to chuckle every now and then, but once you're done watching, you just kind of feel like I just feel like I wasted 20 minutes of my life, and that's kind of that's kind of how I felt with this movie. And the best comedies are the are the ones where you're not necessarily just laughing like you're also invested in some sort of story and you're invested in some sort of like character but this falls into like a lot of post 2005 Adam Sandler and post Elf Will Ferrell where you just don't really like feel bad for any bad thing that happens and you don't really feel good when there's like a good moment or a breakthrough for a character you just kind of feel like Everything that's happening in the movie is just a build up to another joke and then the joke doesn't pay off and then it just recycles again and that's mm-hmm. pretty much all the movie is. Well yeah, just, it's well, you can go Ben. I think that's just in popular or like culturally relevant or pop culture uh, comedy films that you can find nowadays. Mm-hmm. But I bet we'll get into us with our favorite top five list. But I'm just saying like you just have to look to different places to find better content like that. Yeah, I yeah, agree. I, I don't I don't think mainstream comedies that are like aired in movie theaters and big budget comedies, I don't really think that's where you can find like quality comedy movies anymore. Obviously there's still going to be a few every now and then, but overall uh, a lot of the comedies in Hollywood just feel kind of like cheap humor. What was the last comedy like that came out that you guys genuinely like enjoyed? Yeah, I'm having trouble thinking of one. Well, it's kind of hard to determine nowadays because so many movies dip into different genres throughout. Like they're picking from multiple different places to try and form like a collective story. So it'll be a drama, it'll be a sports movie with some comedy, it'll be an action movie with some comedy. I think the last comedy that, like, off the top of my head that I can remember enjoying in theaters would be Deadpool 2. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, personally, uh, I really enjoyed The Gentleman, which was Guy Ritchie's latest film. It had a really good cast, and it was more of a crime drama than necessarily a comedy, but it had it was definitely, like, 40% comedy or had lots of comedic elements. And it just came from very good writing on the character standpoint and just the jokes that were presented situationally that they pulled off, not necessarily uh, quippy one-liners. I think, personally, I think the best comedy movie that I last that I think came out was The Nice Guys. Did you see uh, that when that came out, though, in theaters? I didn't see it in theaters, but I saw it like right after it came out on DVD. Okay. I, I didn't I didn't I didn't ask about like I don't care about like we saw it in theaters I mean like like in the last couple of years like you could have seen like a movie from 2017 this year but yeah. like if you think but that's what I'm saying it's like I the nice guys was 2016 I don't think I've seen anything as funny as that that like, came out recently in the last in the last four years I mean 
like you said, like there's a Will Ferrell movies and stuff that like they'll get they'll throw you a couple of chuckles here and there. But I think The Nice Guys is like one of the most <laughs> consistent comedy movies I've seen for a while. Yeah, yeah. I think Ben make, made a good point where a lot of the good comedies that come out now aren't labeled comedy. Like one yeah. that I just kind of thought of off the top of my head was The Black Klansman. Like that's mostly like mm-hmm. a crime drama movie, but. Mm-hmm. There's so much that there is a lot of humor in it where it's probably like 25% humor. But when I watch, like, I would consider it like a borderline comedy. And I think that, like, you have a better chance of going to the theaters to watch a movie like that right now than you do the new big budget Will Ferrell movie with John C. Riley. Yeah, down. Yeah. You mean or uh, Holmes and Watson? God, that movie looked awful. I didn't even. I didn't even want to. I didn't even want to jokingly watch that. It looked awful. Jake, you were bringing up that point about uh, seeing uh, the Black Klansman reminded me of another film that we saw at that indie theater, which was uh, Sorry to Bother You. Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> which Still was, haven't uh, seen it. Oh, okay. We're watching that in one of the next few weeks. Okay. Which was a pretty underrated comedy before its release, but due to its topical themes and hilarious premise, actually became a really popular or very well very well talked about film among like film geeks and like Yeah. It didn't get like certainly the budget of say a Will Ferrell movie, but I think it proved that comedy movies are still able to be uh, fully rounded out with solid messages, just not in the same streams that we usually get them from. Yeah. It's got the David Cross, too. I'm a big David Cross guy. <laughs> Tobias Fuqua from Arrested Development is probably my favorite like TV character ever. Whoa. He's so funny. Even in front of Jim from The Office? I'm more of a Kevin Malone type of guy, but dude, <laughs> Tobias Fuqua is so funny. Even if it means I'm taking a chubby, I will suck it up. <laughs> yeah we should we will need to discuss sorry to bother you on a podcast because that movie it's it's, on hulu it is yeah mm-hmm. I've, so we'll, we'll i have it on watch. i liked it so much i even bought the shirt oh i thought you were gonna say we had you had it on dvd i said we could all do i it do together. have it on dvd oh we could watch it together and do the first live podcast yeah we i have it on dvd so we can avoid the ads on hulu oh thank god <laughs> all right well uh any final pl- uh, positives or negatives on uh the interview before we give it our grade i, I mean think i so. think it was just it was just a it was a forgettable movie but at the time watching it i mean it can be kind of enjoyable i mean that's there's no really other way to describe it i don't think i think i made my point pretty clear about how i wasn't the biggest fan of this movie but I have to get it credit to one joke, which was when uh, Seth Rogen's character was about to poison Kim Jong-un. And then when he's about to shake oh his God. hand, oh yeah, uh, James Franco tells him not to shake his hand. for like, stop, Aaron's a Jew. You can't shake his hand. <laughs> Gross. But yeah, overall, that kind of says how the film's quality kind of was overall and what I thought of it. But I thought that was funny, so I will give it a four and a half out of ten, but on the scale of if I'm watching with friend of the program Isaac Dyke, I'll give it a six. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wasn't the biggest fan of it, especially compared to much more potent work like Pineapple Express, pun intended. 
so <laughs> I think that for this movie, I'm going to have to go with a 5 out of 10. I'll give it a 5 out of 10, too. Actually, you know what? I'll give it a 5.5. I, I really like the cinematography. The cinematography was great, and I thought the action was really good. And so that like, that kind of did it for me. And then the comedy, like like we said, like it threw it. there's a few like pretty funny parts. So, I'll, I mean, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. It just wasn't like my favorite comedy movie. So I'll go with a 5.5. If you want to do like homework, but also like have a movie on in the background to laugh at i think this is probably like a decent movie where you don't really have to pay attention you might chuckle every now and then that's where yeah exactly that's that's where i would recommend watching it but i wouldn't recommend like going out (laughs) taking time out of your day to just sit down and watch this because there's there's other seth rogan and james franco movies where you can get probably the same product with better jokes and better better scripts i thought hurricane season was over Okay, well, we will get into that. That's the transition. So, <laughs> on the on the tone of watching a comedy movie for the first time on this show, we are going to rank our top five comedy movies and go somewhat in-depth with them, just why we like them. And I, I wonder how much ours will cross over, just because we all have pretty similar senses of humor, so I'm just curious mm-hmm. to see what you guys have. Uh, so, for... I have a question before we get into it. Did you guys pick... I picked, like... I think I only have one non-true comedy movie on here. Like, for the most part, these are all, like, strictly comedies. Like, no, like... No, like, drama or action, really, in them. Did you guys do the same thing? I think so, too. I might Um, have... I might have one or two that kind of, like, could go either way. But for the most part, like, they're mostly comedies. My top five are all, like, strictly comedies. I have... One of my honorable mentions is kind of a has comedy in it you know i took that into account too because when i was trying to think of my list i was going through uh lists for the decade and whatnot trying to figure out what what i thought was would be in my own list and i realized that a lot of people considered comedies considered certain movies comedies than i would even think to like i saw um, one list with goodfellas on it i was like I don't yeah, know about like, that one. Jimmy, two on, times, get the papers, get the papers. Get the papers. I went on IMDb to try and find a comedy for the their like top comedy list, and they had Parasite listed at like number four for top comedies of all time. It's so, a comedy on uh, Hulu. Like that's under like if you go to comedy movies, it's under comedy. We touched on that a bit last week. Go check out the Parasite episode episode from last week. I thought it was a really good episode. Yeah, but that's just. Those like I had to take that into account when trying to make come up with my own list and trying to find a pure comedy and that's the sole genre that it stays within. All right, so do you guys want to get into our list? Yeah. Uh, Jake, do you want to go first? Yeah, I can kick us off. So my top movie um, is I would Wait, you say going, you going from five? Are you oh, starting from one? Yeah, I'll start at five. Never mind. Yeah. So my number five is super bad. I know this will be probably Alex's top one. But (laughs) is it not? No, it is. (laughs) Okay. But yeah, super bad. It's it's a classic. But because it's Alex's one, I'll let him go into detail more about it when we get to his list. But yeah, Michael Sarah. Fantastic, McLovin, awesome. It's a funny movie. 
Uh, fun fact, I've still never seen like the last 15 minutes of it, but what? The, yeah, I don't know how, but the first like 85% of it, it's still good enough for my top five. I enjoyed it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, my number four, we've already referenced it a few times on this episode, Pineapple Express, a movie where um, James Franco and Seth Rogen or wait, what is Seth Rogen the drug dealer or is James Franco the drug dealer? James Franco. James Franco is the drug dealer for Seth Rogen and they get they pretty much find they get in trouble with some cops and there ends up like as a shootout. It's been a while since I've seen it, so I can't really describe it. But this is probably my favorite, like James Franco, my second favorite James Franco performance. My favorite one is also on this list. But the I thought Hurricane season was over. That like that scene <laughs> is probably a top five comedy scene for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How the monkey you get in here? Awesome guy with the faux hawk let me in. Oh, oh Kyle, Kyle man. man. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Yeah, so my, my number three is my favorite James Franco performance of all time, and that is Spider-Man 3. No, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> that is not my favorite James Franco performance of all time. My favorite Franco performance is The Disaster Artist, a movie <laughs> about the making of the cult film um, The Room with Tommy Wiseau and Greg Zestero. There's not really words to describe the room which is notably known as the best worst movie of all time but the disaster artist in itself is so genius at just at how it shows like the what tommy wanted to do but how the result ended up i thought it was i've only seen it once i need to go back and rewatch it but on my first time viewing it's it just plays so perfectly and it's a movie that fans of the room deserved so if you haven't watched it james franco plays tommy wiseau in this movie and he's incredible he was made to play that role (laughs) my number two movie is major league um charlie sheen it's a movie about the the cleveland indians in the 1990s and their their rise the owner wanted to move to miami so they spent as little money possible to build the worst possible roster so that they would be able to lose so many games and convince the convince the council to move them to Miami. And pretty much the group of misfits ends up actually being good. Charlie Sheen, this is one of my favorite roles of his. Um, it's just a really <laughs> funny movie. And I, I don't know, like, for the general public, how this, how this holds up. But for me, this is kind of like the movie that I grew up watching. So it kind of gets the nostalgia points for me. <laughs> favorite roles of his right behind the two and a half man two and a half man that's exactly what i was i know he's in like oh what's that one war movie uh like when i think of charlie sheen like honestly i think of that i'm freaking two and a half man and like besides that, he's like in the Breakfast Club for like a couple the of Breakfast minutes. Club? Yeah, he's oh not the Breakfast Club, but he's in Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller. Yeah, I was gonna say he's definitely not the Breakfast Club. Yeah, and then I think he's in Platoon, and like I don't know, like maybe think, that'd I be like his best too. role or whatever. But <laughs> okay, I mean, 
you really love <laughs> Charlie Sheen. <laughs> yeah, I guess I didn't think that one all the way through. Jake I guess Brent, Charlie Sheen super fan. It's probably like <laughs> the only Charlie Sheen role I actually like. Which there's not too many of them out there. Behind Two and a Half Men, of course. Oh, of course. I've watched a little off topic again. I've watched so much like the last three minutes of Two and a Half Men episodes because it used to be on before <laughs> The Simpsons, like after school. So I would get home and like The Simpsons would be on at five and I'd turn it to Fox and the last two minutes of Two and a Half Men would be on. Jake knows every last two minutes of every Two and a Half Men episode ever made. <laughs> okay, so moving Wait, on to my on. number one. Before, Before we get into, never, oh. never forget, uh, Iowa native uh, Ashton Kutcher was on Two and a Half Men too. Had to, <laughs> had to shout out the fellow Iowan for a second. Okay, great. Thanks yeah, for that. so, so before <laughs> my number one, I'm gonna read off my two honorable mentions. And actually, you guys mentioned it just now. Breakfast Club is an honorable mm-hmm. mention, and Caddyshack, Bill Murray, another That's sports always. comedy movie. But my number one, Ryan Reynolds, it's Deadpool. I know this is this might be a hot take, but <laughs> I love... No, it doesn't count. It's a Marvel movie. <laughs> the first Deadpool, like especially more than the second, I just love like everything about like the action, the story, but the comedy. Ryan Reynolds is like actually born to play Deadpool, and I can't really picture anyone else playing it and when I saw this movie in theaters and like all the times I've rewatched it, I've never regretted rewatching it. It's just such an enjoyable movie. It's just hilarious. And that's my number one. Ben, do you want to get into your list? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I'll get into mine. Uh, number five, I have strange brew. It's a movie from about the eighties, I believe. Featuring uh, one of my like favorite un- uh, underrated actors, uh, Rick Moranis, who I think is just hilarious in that movie, and I love him whenever he's in anything else. Uh, but also includes um, uh, Dave Thomas, who's a fellow Second City alum. But it's just about these two Canadians who uh, put a rat inside a beer bottle and try to get a free, free six-pack out of it by going to the headquarters. And then a whole lot of hijinks ensues, and it's just kind of amazing, and I love it. <laughs> it was just one that I grew up watching on VHS, and uh, the more I thought about it, the more I thought it deserved a spot on the list. And uh, number four, I have uh, Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the role you were born to play, man. A cult classic, yes. Um, starring my alter ego, Napoleon Dynamite. but uh people like catch or at least i have in the past like caught flack for thinking like that movie's so good but honestly rewatching it people think it's either the stupidest thing or one of the best things and i'm very much so the latter just because the whole deadpan delivery of the characters and the whole setting of i think it was uh preston idaho just as such a <laughs> perfect delivery of the fantastical nature of the character that is Napoleon Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Ben is playing Napoleon Dynamite in Napoleon Dynamite 2. Yes. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. I'd watch that. 
But yeah, just super good movie. I don't know anyone who hasn't seen it, honestly. Um, number three, I have Three Amigos. Um, yeah. <laughs> this, is a, this is a movie that I love to watch as a kid because my parents always peeped its praises. My mom loves Steve Martin, and uh, I become a huge Martin short just because of this one movie. And it's just a very good comedy movie from the 80s, I believe. Uh, that takes uh, plot points from Spaghetti Westerns and Seven Samurai that I didn't pick up on until just now, like being aware of those films and uh, relating them back to rewatching that movie. But so many of the bits are done so well compared to just like a movie that we watched recently, The Interview. Like a lot of the bits are done very well and are their own isolated events that don't bleed into the rest of the movie. And drag you down. So if a joke was a little hit or miss for you, don't worry. Because there's a whole different take coming up. And that one won't be mentioned again. Which is something that I appreciate when all of those considerably hitted for... When all of those hit for me. Just as they did. Um, Number two. uh, This was a hard choice to make. Because I kind of wanted to cheat and include all of his films. Uh, But I decided to pick The World's End uh, by Edgar Wright. In -hmm. which... Uh, we had to leave our top five favorite films of all time off of this list because if I was able to include it, Scott Pilgrim would be number one. We don't have to. Like, Superbad's my third favorite movie ever, and it's my number one comedy. Oh, well, I made up my own rules then. Uh, but... <laughs> okay, uh, Ben. <laughs> okay, whatever. Uh, but, uh, the way Edgar Wright does comedy is amazing. He works the camera into all aspects of the comedy, his writing's very good. He has a solid cast full of mates on the other side of the pond. And uh, the Cornetto trilogy, um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World and Baby Driver even, are all excellent films that are all neck and neck in my personal ranking. But I chose The World's End just because it was the most recent film I've watched of the Cornetto trilogy, I believe. But it has very good themes about friendship and boomerang generations of not being able to leave their town and make a name for themselves, and just about lost dreams that I think I can relate to as a a beginning college student and trying to avoid. But (laughs) (laughs) really, it's just very funny with the whole invasion of a body snatcher's alien apocalyptic backdrop to these these characters who are adventuring across multiple different pubs increasingly getting wasted throughout the movie which makes it even more hilarious and i think it's really good and for number one uh uh, this one's a personal favorite kind of never really left my frame of mind especially coming to college where apparently everyone else knows it exists too but that's hot rod the lonely islands original movie that honestly is just so fantastic and absurd in all of the ways that Napoleon Dynamite is, but also with an updated take of absurdist humor that I love The Lonely Island for. Back in my middle school days, and especially now rewatching it, all of those jokes are just excellent. So, <laughs> Do you have any honorable mentions? Uh, No. Uh, off the top of my head, though, the nice guys, like what Jake was saying... Um, what We Do in the Shadows is a really good mockumentary film by Taika Waititi, 
of uh, Mandalorian and Thor Ragnarok fame. But oh, I'm surprised you didn't have In Burge. Okay, I saw that on this, but personally, I don't see that as a comedy. I see that more as a drama. Really? I thought just, it was a comedy. That's just my. I only, I see it as a drama more than a comedy. Mostly just because the if there is comedy, it's definitely a black comedy. But I consider that more of a drama. Okay, <laughs> one one honorable mention that I just had while like while listening to this. Mm-hmm. You guys are gonna hate me, but the Simpsons movie. I think that there's <laughs> that so many count. like. <laughs> yeah. There's I mean, so many. It's uh, kind of funny. There's so many TV shows turned into movies that just don't work out, and like you want to forget they exist, like mm-hmm. Looney Tunes movie and Scooby Doo, like all that. But the Simpsons movie is like actually pretty well done, and I don't know if I'd consider it like a total comedy, but just for me, like nostalgia wise, I'll give that an honorable mention too. Yeah, I see. Uh, as a- I, I thought. I thought there's a few good movies, or not movies, but jokes in it. I would, uh, I'll let you have it. I don't know if I'd include it as a movie, just because in my mind I see it as a big Simpsons episode. That's uh, it, fair. It definitely is funny, and I really like that movie a lot. All right, Alex, what's your top five? All right, so honestly, a few of these. I have, first off, I'm gonna, before I start number five, I have a ton of them ton of honorable mentions you guys didn't really have as many i have like nine so i'll get i'll get to that before i get to number one but so number five i'm surprised none of you guys had this i had stepbrothers uh john c Riley and will ferrell i i, I just want come on <laughs> i thought i just watched it the other day and i'm i don't know i was i i forgot how funny i thought it was you know like it's there's a ton of it's very quotable Again, it's like just really stupid humor. But if you're if you're just like wanting a good laugh, I think Step Brothers is a good movie to put on. Uh, number best four, Will I have Ferrell Zombie. Movie. Best Will Ferrell movie, I think I'd have to agree. Uh, number four, I have Zombieland. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Stone, and Woody Harrelson. Uh, Zombie Zombieland is Ben. I'm pretty sure like you don't really like this movie, do you? Uh, I just think it's okay. I don't think it's anything super special. Zombie Land for me is I I I don't like it so much for its comedy, but I just well I guess that's stupid because it's a comedy list. I think it's I think it's really funny in its own way, not so much that like like laugh out loud funny like Step Brothers is, but I just think like it's so solid throughout and it's got a lot of like bits that kind of resonate with me. Like the whole list Jesse Eisenberg has throughout the movie, I thought was like it was like some of the funniest stuff I've seen. I just like the way that like it like plays back into the movie and just how stupid like the lists are and how dumb the premise is and Woody Harrelson's always wanting like a Twinkie and that's like the only thing he's searching for. I think that's just a really funny premise. Uh, number three, I have Twenty One Jump Street, which uh, Jonah Hill, Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum, and it's got uh, Rob Riggle in it too. Twenty One Jump Street is com is hilarious. Twenty Two Jump Street is funny also. It's just a, I think it's a really good just couple movies that they don't take themselves too seriously and they're very very self aware of like the premise and I just I think I think the more self aware a comedy movie is the funnier it makes it because they're not afraid to like say the stupid stuff because they know it's stupid you know and I think Twenty One Jump Street does my bad I think Twenty One Jump Street does one of the best jobs of being really self aware and also being really funny. Um, I, I do love those movies. I'd probably go with 22 over 21. 
I've only seen 22. I want to watch 21 Jump Street. <laughs> I 21 might have some jokes that are funnier, but I think 20 or 22 might have some jokes that are funnier, but 21 I think is more consistent. Give this man some water. He's black. He's been, He's been through a lot. <laughs> My name's Jeff. <laughs> Iconic. Uh, so, so number two, uh, Ben mentioned it, Hot Rod. It's it's hilarious. Bill Hader is one of my favorite human beings ever. Uh, Danny Danny McBride is one of the most underrated like comedic actors I think there is. And that Hot Rod's so funny and it's so stupid. And it's another movie that just doesn't take itself seriously and it knows it's stupid. And I love everything about it. And then uh, before I get to my number one, which I've already spoiled. I want to get through some of my uh, all like all nine of my honorable mentions. I'll just go through them quick. Uh, seven Pineapple Express, which we've talked about. Eight This Is the End, which we talked about. Number nine Natural Libre, Jack Black. I think it's funny. Some people don't. I think it's hilarious. Uh, number ten Bill Murray and Groundhog Day. I think is really funny. Uh, I mean it's classic. Uh, number eleven This is kind of this is my one movie that may not be considered a comedy, but uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox is a really great film. And I, I think the humor in it's really well done, and it's just a really, really good film. Watch Fantastic Mr. Fox if you haven't seen it. Number 12, kind of a guilty pleasure movie, Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson, uh, The Internship. Just kidding. It's <laughs> oh, it's Wedding it's wedding Crashers. I think I think Wedding Crashers is – I mean, it's stupid. Like I said, it's kind of a guilty pr- pleasure movie, but I enjoy watching it. 13, uh, my 13th, Tropic Thunder, which I think – which, you know, it's another classic – there's a few like parts of the movie that I don't like really find all that funny. Like the simple Jack part where he gets captured <laughs> by the Vietnamese, I think is that's okay. I mean it's not hilarious, but Robert Downey Jr. is so funny in that movie. Uh, and then the, the nice guys, and then my last one is just kind of stupid. Uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, which I kind of talked about a bit. I just it's it's so bad that I think it's it's hilarious. And then, so my number one, I've, I've spoiled it already. If you watched our first episode, uh, it's my third favorite movie ever. Uh, super bad. Uh, you know, Michael Sarah, Christopher Mintz-Bloss, and uh, Jonah Hill. It's just, and then Seth Rogen is in it, and uh, and Bill Hader, who I, I, Seth Rogen and Bill Hader are two of my favorite human beings ever. And so it's just, it's such a perfect movie. I mean, I don't, like, I, the theme for a lot of like my favorite movies is maybe I just watched them at like the right time and so they really resonated with me. I saw Superbad when I was kind of going through that awkward high school phase and I was like, oh, this is hilarious. But Superbad is just so funny. Uh, going, I wa- watching it my senior year, I related to a lot of the stuff, not some of the things, but a lot of the stuff. I was like, oh wait, that's like I've I've done something like that, you know, and. It's just, it's so funny. It's one of the movies that I'll forever cherish, and it's probably gonna be one of the first movies I'll show to my kids when they're when they're old enough to get it and understand it and appreciate it. <laughs> what what am I supposed to do? Eat eat dessert alone like I'm Steven Glansberg? <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't uh, felt like that in high school, you probably didn't. You probably didn't live. Or the or when they're making the the tiramisu and he gets the uh. Jonah Hill's like doesn't have a partner, and then Michael Sarah is like the easiest partner ever. He just does all the work. It's, I mean, there's so many stuff that's just so so relatable throughout that. So, uh, on the topic of good comedy movies, uh, let's flip the script. Uh, I when we were like preparing segments for this special, I said one comedy movie. I think or our least favorite comedy movie. I think you guys probably have more than just one. So I'll go first because I only have one. Uh. This took. This was actually harder than I anticipated because 
uh, me and Ben are kind of saying we don't. If we think a movie's gonna be bad, we don't really watch it. And uh, this especially goes for comedy movies. And it came down to before I get to my worst comedy movie, I want to say I like Kevin Hart. I think Kevin Hart is funny. <laughs> I think a stand-up can be funny. Some of his movies are hit and miss. Anyway, my least favorite, my least favorite comedy movie of all t- of all time that I can remember is Night School with Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish. I, I <laughs> no way, that's on was, my list too. <laughs> I thought this movie looked awful, and one day I was so bored. It was on HBO. I was only like 10 minutes in. I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this movie, even if it looks awful. And Night School is one of the worst movies I have ever seen. It is so unfunny, and the premise is so stupid. And probably my least favorite actor actress of all time isn't it tiffany haddish tiffany haddish is so not funny it makes me mad she plays the same she plays the same sassy black woman character and every single thing she's in and man it makes me mad this movie is the storyline is stupid somehow you know kevin hart has like a decent job but he like dropped out of high school and then like he loses his job and then he has to go back to high, like this night school where there's like a prisoner and it's like a bunch of weirdos and it's just if you want this movie, if you want that if you want that premise done well just watch community bro yeah yeah come on dude this movie is just so bad and i hate it so much it's time to get your ged oh my gosh (laughs) dude i i could go on for an hour about how much i just don't like tiffany haddish i don't know if it's Dude, I can't. She's just not funny. She plays the same character. Like we we were mentioned before, Seth Rogen play and James Franco kind of play the same character too, and like a lot of their comedy movies. But there's just a certain way that they do it that makes it like bearable and funny at times. And there's just a certain way that Tiffany Haddish does it. It's like, dude, I could watch any of your movies and you were just playing the same person. You just have a different name. Just Night School is so bad and so unfunny. And it's not. I don't even think it's entirely Kevin Hart's fault because Kevin Hart. I think I think Kevin Hart's funny. He's a funny dude. I don't really laugh at. I don't think he's like the funniest man alive. But you gotta respect the hustle, hustle. He grinds so much, and he just some of his. I mean, because he's short. Really, it's because he's short and women, and he's he gets you know demanualized or whatever by women. I don't know. Just Night School sucks. Don't watch it if you don't want. If you don't have to, just it's an awful movie, and I hate it. All right, someone else go. <laughs> Need a breather there. I do, dude, this movie makes me mad about how bad it is. <laughs> uh, okay, Jake, so, you can go ahead. So, since I had a little more, I'm pro- I'll go a little uh, more brief. So, I had Night School on my list also. But, <laughs> fun fact, so, when we, after we recorded, I think it was our first episode, uh, I walked out and found my family watching this movie so I sat down to watch like the last half hour of it. I'm like, why did you watch this film? Like, wh- it was so bad. And it's Alex awful. pretty much took all the awful. words out of, took all of the words out of my mouth. It is not enjoyable at all. And I've always been like, I've been a Kevin Hart stand-up fan, but I cannot stand Kevin Hart movies. Mm-hmm. So that brings me into my next movie, which is Ride Along with Kevin Hart and I think The Rock. I don't know. I remember seeing this in theaters in like Cube. middle school. Oh, Ice Cube. Yeah. I remember seeing this in theaters in like middle school. In middle school, like I found everything funny, but I didn't even find this movie funny. So that 
Like that right there is enough to warrant this being on my least favorite comedy list. Um, my next one is Blended with Adam Sandler. Oh my even... god, and it's Drew Barrymore, dude. The the part in that movie where the oldest son has like this weird like love for his for mom. His stepmom. It no, it's his real mom. Oh yeah. <laughs> dude it's so like like i get how that can be funny but just the way they do it is just creepy it's like dude why do you like why, ugh. just all right just go on yeah it's it's like the pinnacle of post 2010 adam sandler movies where like it's just so unnecessary and so over dramatic and so poorly written and it's just like Oh, I'm Adam Sandler. I talk like a baby. Uh, funny. Laugh. <laughs> like, it's pretty much just like the pinnacle of that and is not an enjoyable, an enjoyable movie at all. Uh, my next one, Dumb and Dumber 2, the one that came out in like 2013. It mm. is so bad. I don't know <laughs> why my mom took me to see this in theaters, but she did. And I don't, I don't know if I'll ever be able to forgive her. It is so bad. And, like, the only good one is the original Dumb and Dumber. Because, they, I don't know. They've made, what, like, three or four cents that? And they made I, don't, I think they just... Well, they made, like, one prequel and then two of the actual yeah. ones. So, I don't know if I've seen the prequel or or the other one. But I did see the Dumb and Dumber 2. I think it's T.O. And it is Wait, not good. So, so, you saw the original... Or you saw the second Dumb and Dumber without seeing the first one? No, I've seen the original. Okay. Okay. I was like, bro. But I haven't what? seen I haven't seen the other sequel, I don't think. It was bad. Yeah, I agree. Okay. And then I think I just have two more left. Uh so Tag, a movie that I wanted to love like going into it with Hannibal Burris <laughs> and Ed Helms and John Hamm, which John Hamm is like one of my favorite actors, but this movie was so freaking boring and dry and it it was so weird because like the jokes it's not that they didn't land it didn't even seem like there were any jokes like no punchlines to the movie like i thought the whole movie movie itself was was just jeremy renner like being a bad person smoldering i I saw tag twice in theaters (laughs) why once was so the first time the first time we were going to, it was me and my girlfriend at the time, we were going to go see, uh, I think we were going to go see the new Lion King. Uh, no, it was Incredibles 2. We were going to go see Incredibles 2, and we missed it. And so I was like, okay, let's just go see Tag. And so we saw Tag. And then, like, a week later, my parents are like, let's go let's go to a movie as a family. I was like, all right, fine, whatever. And they're like, I'm like, what are we going to go see? It's like, we're going to go see Tag. I'm like, I just saw that. And they're like, yeah, well, we have it, so we're going to go. And so I had to sit through it again. And it was not even, it was no better the second time. Ride me like LeVar Burton. <laughs> no, it's Call Me LeVar Burton. Oh, Call Me LeVar Burton. That was the only thing. Hannibal makes that movie kind of bearable, but for the yeah. most part. <laughs> but there's not enough of Hannibal in it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I did not enjoy that movie, and I'll never see it again. And my final movie is live-action Garfield. <laughs> oh. It's got David Cross in it, though. <laughs> Wait, no, it doesn't. No, it has Bill Murray. In the chip. 
I'm thinking of Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> I haven't seen this in a long time, but the only reason I thought of this was so Megan Grubb, another not friend of the program. This is like one of her favorite <laughs> movies of all time. <laughs> so I just I just had to put this on here because it is so bad. The CGI of Garfield is just awful, and Odin and whatever they. It, it yeah, that's. Those are my least favorite comedy movies of all time. Do not do not even bother watching any of them except except maybe uh, maybe just the maybe just tag. Have you seen uh have you seen the second Garfield where he's like the he's like it gets replaced of like so it's like him and a, an identical cat but the identical cat is like the cat of like the queen of england or something like that and they get mixed and so like oh Garfield's yeah i have like, seen Dude, that. it's so bad that's like it's every so disney bad. movie sequel i know <laughs> all right ben i'm interested to see what you have yeah uh i honestly can't get out get as outrageous as you guys do because i mean i don't really hold any responsibilities to go see movies i don't want to with people and I do my best I to avoid I, them entirely. If I see a movie in theaters, it's because I that it was bad. It's because I thought it was gonna be good going into it. Okay. I don't. I don't yeah, don't <laughs> disrespect my movie taste. I don't actively seek out and watch bad movies, Ben. I mean, <laughs> okay, but it's been a while since I went and saw a comedy movie in theaters that I thought was gonna be funny and was actually pretty disappointed by. But the one that came to mind for me was Zoolander 2. Oh, I heard that's terrible. At the time, I was a huge fan of the first Zoolander, and I thought it was really funny. And then I they started promoting, and I heard there was going to be a rumors for a sequel. And, like, the cast is really good for some reason. Like, it has, <laughs> like, the one, like, everyone from the first one, plus, like, Kristen Wiig, Benedict Cumberbatch, um, like and like a ton of like different like cameos, like it even has Kyle Mooney in it, that like a yeah. lot of people forget he's in, but like even like Kyle, who I usually think is hilarious in almost anything, is just really not funny. And there's like no com, <laughs> the jokes are all very poorly written. The whole premise is just seeing these zany characters again doing zany stuff, but this time watered down and updated with iphone jokes and it's just <laughs> i don't know it's just not good at all and i don't have any others unless you count like yesterday as a comedy but that was just my own <laughs> personal reaction to watching it dude yesterday sucked too don't even get me started on that movie my parent i walked down jake you said you walked in on your parents watching night school i walked down and my parents were watching uh, yesterday, and I was like, turn this off. And they're like, why? I'm like, because this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And both my parents are like, I really like it. I'm like, why? He doesn't <laughs> even know the lyrics to Eleanor Rigby. What is? They're like, yeah, he's the greatest singer-songwriter like ever since Ed Sheeran. I'm like, so are you calling Ed Sheeran the greatest singer-songwriter ever? <laughs> Dude, what is this movie? And like, the girl's like, well, no, you're too famous for me. We can never fall in love. It's like, dude, what is that excuse? I'm Just, a teacher. I have to stay here at the I have one to stay school. Here. I can't follow you. I can't like date you while you're the biggest rock star alive. No, I must stand here and teach. It's like, dude. What? Oh my god. It's just so bad. Oh. 
Welcome to just me getting mad at bad movies. Yeah, before we find any others that we forgot, we should probably wrap this up. It's considering the fact that like we spent the majority of time talking about either bad comedies or the interview, which is another bad comedy. It was a pretty fun show. But mm-hmm. uh we, tell your friends. We talked about we talked about sorry to bother you, so we will I wanna go more in depth on that in uh in a couple weeks so maybe we, we can, can plan uh, we can do that yeah we can do that in two weeks I think we already have ours for next week yeah so for next week um, look out for um, Atlanta Donald Glover's original show and Dave Lil Dicky's original show and then maybe even a recap of Michael Jordan's The Last Dance we'll see if we get to that next week or in a couple weeks mm-hmm. as always uh, you can find us on Spotify, and we will be in the process of getting on some more platforms. But for right now, uh, this is the Turbo Team Podcast on Spotify. For Ben Neeson, Alex Powell, I'm Jake Brennan, and we uh, wish you a good Friday and a, and a good week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Turbo Team Podcast. As always, our social medias are linked down in the bio. Our new weekly episodes are released every Friday at noon on Spotify.